0: But hey, I am here this morning, and I am going to be bringing you today's message. And uh, today's message is entitled, Living in the Power of Christ's Resurrection. See, I'm I'm currently reading a book, um, and it's entitled The Discipleship Gospel, and it's written by Bill Hull and Ben Sobel's. And um, they go on to expand what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like. And on the front of it, you'll see, I did didn't—I forgot to bring the copy with me just to show you. On the front, it says, every Christian needs to read this important book. Uh, I'm not trying to be on here endorsing this book, by the way, but that is what it does say on the front of it. Um, and there is a particular chapter that I wanted to hone in today, which is Living in the Power of Christ's Resurrection. Now, this is an idea or a concept. It sounds amazing, but then it's slightly abstract, would you say? What does that look like? How do you live in the power of Christ's resurrection? So like I say, what can this mean, and what does that look like? I personally don't experience it, I think, this power, when my alarm goes off in the morning, and I've got to wake up for work in the morning. Does that work with anybody else? Or maybe this is you. On a Monday morning, you've got the children to get ready, and you're not experiencing this resurrection power. (laughs) No? Or maybe this is you. On a Monday morning, uh, you're about to get into work, but you're feeling overwhelmed already about the week ahead of you. Is that the resurrection power? Are you feeling it then? You see, is living in the resurrection power of Christ a bit like Red Bull? For those who are familiar with the energy drink or uh, any drink, energy drink enthusiasts, you will know the saying. It says, Red Bull gives you... Oh, you didn't with me then. There's some of you who don't drink Red Bull and know, know, don't know about the advert. How about this advert then? Um, He's the coolest, pinkest, most energetically obnoxious toy bunny the world has ever seen. What advert is that? Yeah. Energizer. The energizer buddy. That's right. But today, I'm not talking about that kind of power or that sort of energy. I'm talking about the power of the resurrection of Jesus. In short, belief in Christ's resurrection gives you the power of Christ's resurrection. Now, what does this mean? How do we make sense of it? You see, the connection is with the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Romans 8 and 2, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who re- raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Did you see the connection? The verse links Christ's resurrection to the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You see, Paul specifically wrote this letter to the church in Rome. They were, had a, a few challenges. They, some of them who were Jews and then came to Christ were still believed in Christ, but then were keeping themselves under the law. And he was addressing this with, with them. And he tells them that they have been released from the law. That's in Romans 7. And in Romans 7 and 6, he says, But now, by dying to once bound us, what once bound us, sorry, I beg your pardon, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us, and he's working in us. The law cannot save us, but we serve in a new way in the Holy Spirit. It said, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you get to live in the power of his resurrection. You see, Bill, the, the, writer, the author of this book, that I'm in reference to, he says, to live in Christ's resurrection power is to follow Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Specifically, it's to be empowered by the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, why? To die to sin and live in obedience to Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up uh, in a church, and uh, very familiar with church, and um, I remember one of the things that the pastor said was that if you don't accept Christ, um, you're going to go to a lost eternity, and being a young age at 11, I don't know why I feared death, but I feared death, and I thought, well, I don't want to being a lost eternity. I want to be with God. So I put my hand up and I said, I want to do that. But the other reason why I did give my life to Christ was I remember it very, very vividly. When it came to a time of communion, um, there would be the bread and there would be the juices in those little silver cups. And it was a whole bread. And it's a bit like a Marks and Spencer's advert. He would take the bread and he would break it in half And you could hear like the background music going in there, and it looked so juicy. And he said that if you're not a Christian, you shouldn't take part in communion. So that was the other reason I put my hand up to take part in the communion. It looked so delicious. And I I was sat there, I was thinking, ah, that red juice, I would love a bit of that red juice. (laughs) I tasted the red juice, and it was good. But Christ has called us to more than just that, hasn't he? He's called us to more than just that. I never knew that saying yes to Jesus was saying no to all sin and living in obedience to him. You see, friends, God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit who comes to dwell in us. As Paul says, to give life to our mortal bodies. So yes, on a Monday morning when you're not feeling great, the Holy Spirit is still at work in you. Yes, when you've got to get the kids ready in the morning, and you're not feeling it, his spirit is still at work in you. In the New Testament, we learn lots of things about the Holy Spirit and what he gives us, and how he works in us and how he leads us. The Holy Spirit leads us to repentance. He leads us to think little of ourselves and much of Jesus. The Holy Spirit leads us into truth. He leads us into love. He leads us into holiness. He leads us into usefulness. The Holy Spirit empowers us to obey Christ. We are empowered to obey. I think I need to be empowered to obey because it's, it's, it's not very easy. It's not easy at all. Christ calls us to follow him and our faith in his resurrection fills us with power from the Holy Spirit to obey. I've got a question here for you. Do we obey our fears? I think some fears are justified. Uh, If you're on the edge of a cliff, you probably don't want to go over the, the cliff. But I'm not talking about those fears. I'm talking about the fears that lead us in jeopardy of following Jesus. Is it friends? Sometimes it can be family. Do we obey our emotions of what Christ tells us to? Oh, I'm not feeling like it today. Christ is saying, well, the Holy Spirit speaking to you and saying, well, you you should go there. You should say that. You should do this. Are we listening? Are we obeying our emotions? And in Matthew 5 and 43 to 45, Jesus says this after preaching the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, Jesus preaching that Sermon on the Mount. I look at that every time like, how is that even possible? He says that you have heard that it was said. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus took it to another level It wasn't just love your neighbor, but he said, love your enemies as well. I mean, I even struggle that, struggle with this when a motorist might cut me up. And they usually get like a a bit of a glare. Usually my wife is in the car, she taps on her shoulder and says, Isaac, calm down. Let it go. But I struggle, and they're not even my enemies. I mean, one of my enemies is Liverpool. So if you're a Liverpool fan, uh God tells me that I should love you. Um, But also, we should forgive as well. You know, about 25 years ago, there was a a huge genocide in Rwanda. And there were many, many casualties. There was an ethnic battle between two tribes of people. And out of that, there was some horror stories, real horror stories. But I wanted to pick up on a, A story of transformation. Something that came out of a dark place, but how God brought this young person to life. The story is of a a, a young child at the time, Christine, who was four years old, and she lost her parents in the genocide against the Tutsis. It's written that the last moments shared with her mother were spent hiding from the militia for two straight weeks. Christine vividly remembers her mother Hoisting her on her back and running, panicked. She remembers the killers closing in. Her mother lowered her down, pleading, Christine, run free. Christine froze and watched her mother beg for her life before her mother was shot in the head. Her aunt scooped her up, and Christine and her aunt escaped. For years, Christine had kept hatred in her heart for the people who murdered her parents. Hearing that story, you would feel that it's rightly just that she hates those people. But as a teenager, Christine accepted Jesus in her heart. And she decided God's grace to forgive. You know, I said it earlier, I don't think it's easy just to forgive. With a horror story like that, I definitely believe it's the Holy Spirit that was working in Christine, that she's able to forgive. If you're sat here today and you're thinking, well, there's some people who've hurt me as well, God's Holy Spirit is at work and he could help you to forgive. Today, Christine is a child protection officer and she works with Save the Children International. I just love those stories, how God turns it around for good. We sung about that. What was meant for evil, what the enemy meant for evil, God turns it around for good. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to obey. But we don't always choose to obey, do we? We don't always choose obedience. And it's a bit of a tricky one. Because it's a bit like an electrical appliance. When it's plugged into the source and into the power, it works just as the designer or the creator created it to do. And when it isn't, it so easily loses its function. Bear with me, I'm just going to grab a bit of water. it so easily loses its function. Is that a bit like us? When we become detached from the source and the power of Christ, do we start to lose our function? Now, I must say, I'm not the best at obeying myself. Uh, Maybe you're a bit mad like me, and sometimes you see a sign and you don't think it applies to you you don't want to obey it. Um, I have in the past, I don't continue to do this. I've driven up uh, a road and it says no U-turn and I found myself in the middle of nowhere and I have done a U-turn. Uh, the other one is that I have been on a bowling alley before and there are signs on there that say stay off the, the alley. Um, for what reason? But Isaac wanted to find out what was the reason. I ran onto the alley and slipped. And I looked like a cartoon character. My feet went up above my head. I went flat on my bottom. Or the other one was, I was walking up, um, I don't think it's called an escalator, but I've put that there. Walked up an escalator in an airport. And um, it's not an escalator. Someone might have to help me here. But it's the one, what's it called? Travelator. Even better, I called it escalator. Travelator. And I decided that I was going to walk up the wrong direction. And I was marched back by security, sending me back the other way. So, I mean, there's, there's times when it happens to all of us. I mean, I, am I the only one guilty of doing those things? Oh, all right, okay. Okay, okay, I'll take that today. I'll have a word with you each uh, later and hear some of your stories. Yeah. But we do see signs and we choose not to obey them. But you see, Jesus is crystal clear in the great commission that he gave to his disciples and to us who believe. In Matthew 28, he said, firstly, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I did put an emphasis on everything because we don't get to choose. We don't get to choose. We don't pick and choose what Christ says to us that we should obey. But recognize that he will give us the strength to obey. Everything means everything. You know, someone said, once said that to follow Jesus is to give up your right to say no to him. Notice I didn't say that the right to say no to him is snatched from you. It's something that you choose to give up to God. You choose to give to Christ. So is there any area of your life this morning, as we're sat here listening, that God is speaking to you now, that he's calling you, that he's asking you to walk in obedience with him? We just need to look to the New Testament. And not everything's rosy and perfect. You will see how the apostles themselves followed Christ imperfectly. And in 1 John 1 and 8, John wrote this. He said, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Today's message, I'm not bogging us down. I don't want us to get self-absorbed with sin. But I want us to know this, that Jesus commands only what he empowers He only commands what he empowers. That means that he gives you the grace. If it's the hardest thing that you feel or the challenge, he gives you the grace to do it. He empowers you to do it. If he asks you to do something, he'll provide a way for you to do it. He'll provide a way. It's his spirit that is working in us. A famous author and philosopher, Dallas Willard, says this, the Holy Spirit meets us in obedience. The Holy Spirit meets us in obedience. We're so much more effective for God when we live in obedience to Christ. And it's his Holy Spirit that's in work at work in us that leads us to do this. Now, this, this morning, I've been a little bit disobedient or forgetful. Um, when I was writing this message and I was praying about it, God gave me, or Vice Holy Spirit, gave me a toothbrush. And he said, take the toothbrush into church. This is going to speak to somebody. And I was like, a toothbrush? He said, yeah, a toothbrush. Uh, electric toothbrush. And I don't know who this is for. But with electric toothbrush, you know, it's like you put it on charge and it works for a period of time. And then when it's run out of its source, its function is no longer useful. I want to tell you this morning that you are no longer useful, uh, unuseful, sorry, I beg your pardon. But actually you are useful. And just like the toothbrush, the electric toothbrush, God is looking to energize every area of your life. And he does that by His Holy Spirit. Maybe you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, even this morning. As we sat here and we're listening to this message, how do we apply ourselves even at this time? There are many challenges that are going on. I don't know you individually. But what I do know is that his Holy Spirit works within us and he leads us to victory. Not every day will feel like victory. Not every day will feel like you've overcome, but you have overcome. Bill Hull, one of the authors in the book I've just made mention of, says this. Following Jesus is defined by obedience. And if we have full faith in Christ's resurrection, then we will believe that his resurrection power enables us to obey him daily. This is what living in the power of Christ's resurrection means. What can we take away from this this morning? That at conversion, when we say yes to Jesus, we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to do many things, as I made mention. He leads us in truth, He leads us into love, He leads us in holiness, He leads us into usefulness, He leads us to repentance, He leads us to think less of ourselves, and more about Jesus. And he empowers us to obey obey Christ. I wonder if we just take a moment now. It's very easy to sit back and listen to someone speak. But creating a moment now to allow God to speak to you. I do believe the Holy Spirit is here. And maybe at the start of our message, you felt a nudge already. Or as you're listening to this, you're thinking, God, what is the area that you're pointing on that I need to obey you in? I'm just going to give us about a minute. Now I wonder if the band can come up just while we're reflecting. Ephesians one and thirteen says this. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. At times we don't feel it. But for those who are believers, there is a mark, there is a seal on you, and it's the promised Holy Spirit. Paul said, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in his name. He always causes us to triumph. I wonder if we could, while we're still there, just yeah, bow our heads in prayer. I want to pray over us. Thank you, Lord, this morning. For your Holy Spirit that is at work in us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead us into obedience with Christ. Thank you, Lord, God, that you haven't just commanded us and left us. But your Holy Spirit enables us to obey what you call us to do. I pray for any individual here, Lord God, who you are speaking to. Lord, that they would hear this word, but not just hear it, but they would obey and step out to what you're calling them to do. Lord, if it's confidence that they need, I pray, Lord, that you would give them your confidence. Lord, if it's joy they need, I pray that you would give them your joy. Because your joy is our strength. Thank you, Lord, God, that you are working all things for our good. And you're turning it around for us. Even though it looks bleak right now. You're still at work in us. And so Lord, we open our hearts to you again and our ears to you. Let our lives be changed and transformed for your glory and for your name. Come and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. The worship team are going to now lead us in a song, a final song.